0: Welcome to cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Big Boy's Cigar Lounge here in delightful Dixon, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Smoke Master General Trey Debbin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves.
1: I wonder if you could come up with a complimentary term for every letter in the English language.
0: I'm sure I could.
1: Because I've been trying, I was thinking on the way here, I wonder what he's going to say, is he going to say, uh, you can't say bucolic Dixon.
0: <laughs> no, that, that has a certain connotation to it And it's okay. not really
1: uh, No, Dixon's very pretty I mean, It, I it, really it is when you get outside out. yeah. yeah Yeah, I mean, once you get through the, the little bit of town There's a beautiful, beautiful area out here But
0: I always try to alliterate with the, t- with the name of the town
1: Sure Which makes, hence the reason you couldn't use Bicoli and Right I, I, I had Delightful down on my list um, and I had something to do with destination. Huh? Day, today's destination, Dixon. Dixon. Mm,
0: that 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 would have worked.
1: And also, I had some of that going on.
0: So too. we're gonna, we're gonna have to go to some. Uh, we're gonna have to go to Xanadu to see how I figure <laughs> that one out.
1: Here we are in zealotly Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> and all, but anyway, well let's let's start lighting up these cigars and get ready to go before your wife goes into labor.
0: All right, yeah, let's 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 try to make that happen.
1: And uh, So, um, I was last night, I was at Crown, we was playing poker, we finished poker, and they just broke out the new Drew Estate 20 Acre Farm. And this is the cigar. They did it just like they did the Undercrown. They made freestyle packs, they put it out there, they got people's blind opinion of the cigar. Yeah. And then released it and said it's the 20 Acre Farm. Um, I,
0: I wish more... Brands would would start doing that. I love when that happens.
1: That's it's not a bad idea because it it really takes away the bias.
0: And not only that, but it gives the people who were involved in that process that little bit of feeling of ownership. You sure. know, we talk about that. We haven't talked about that in a long time on the show, actually. How. Oftentimes regulars will kind of take over a shop with that sort of sense of ownership, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. And so there's already that kind of inherent what?
1: I'm just wondering why you set a tripwire in front of the bathroom at this place.
0: That was the that was the only outlet that I could reach. My <laughs> computer was about to die. <laughs> I'll I'll unplug it before the second show. So
1: I'm, I'm going to make you sit over here, so whoever falls <laughs> first lands in your lap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of cigar shop, but so we already know that the cigar industry has that that sort of proclivity for people to behave in that sort sort of way. So I think giving them that sense of ownership in the direction of the company really yeah. lends itself to that sort of cult following that Drew Estate and McAuliffe are both really known for.
1: Yeah, I think it plays to their strengths of what they're trying to do. And this is an Ecuadorian shade-grown wrapper over Honduran and bind- Honduran binders and fillers from Nicaragua and a little bit of Florida sun-grown tobacco in here. Okay. So I have two thoughts on this cigar. Um, number one, I feel like it's going to taste a lot like the underground Shade.
0: It looks a lot like the underground Shade.
1: My hope, Is that it tastes like the Florida sun-grown because it's a little bit cheaper? Yeah, it's only about four or five bucks a stick cheaper, but it's still a little bit cheaper than that underground than that um, Florida sun-grown cigar. Yeah. So I'm hoping that for one thing, I'm expecting something else. We'll see what it actually develops into.
0: Now, what if it were like the Underground Ten, but with the the natural Connecticut wrapper that would be outstanding, or the shade grown that, wrapper. That's
1: probably too much to hope for. Yeah, but, I but would at love that price point,
0: that. it's it's right in on par with the underground ten.
1: It is. It's kind of in range there. And um, usually when I buy these cigars, I buy two of them. And last night, I picked up two of the cigars, and I was coming out of the shop of my wife, and she said, "What's that?" I said, "Oh, it's the new Drew Estate Twenty Acre Farm." She said, "Well, that's so sweet. You bought one for me too." And I said, "Yes, I did." So, Trey, where are you smoking tonight? Because <laughs> it ain't a 20-acre farm.
0: It is not, no. Um, I thought about it, but you made a point before we started recording that you were smoking it on a clean pallet and since I'm not on a clean pallet tonight, I figured I would wait and have it another day. Uh, since we are at Big Boys, who I would say more so than any other shop in the state is a McAuliffe shop, they really made a home for them here they push the product they believe in it they've done a lot of business with McAuliffe and, and are one of the biggest purveyors in the, in the area especially of last year's cigar of the year the McAuliffe A. so i figured i would kind of honor the shop in that regard and and their their biggest brand and smoke the McAuliffe A, cuz i don't think i've smoked it on the shop on the show since we gave it that title last year especially with the stogies coming up again here pretty soon. I figured it was a nice nice way to book in the year.
1: Good plan. i I commend you. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Um on first draw, I've got just a little bit of pepper. Um but the light up was excellent. The draw is excellent. There's a lot of um it's that de- it's definitely closer to underground shade than Florida sun grown. Okay. But it's kind of the good parts of the Underground Shade—a little more of the complexity, a little more of that—that that spice, that forwardness that right. you get from that shade. I really, really like that flavor, so I'm—I'm I'm be interested once it gets
0: once it gets warmer
1: going, how it actually does. But okay, tis the season, and all—it's the time of year, um, Christmas time, and every year we talk about. How hard it is to get Christmas gifts. But uh, by the way, did you tell anybody the blend on your cigar, or did I cut you off? You,
0: you, you did. You cut me off from that, but it's fine. Um, it's a it's a six and three quarter by fifty four Churchill with a Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper over Sumatran binder and Nicaraguan Dominican filler.
1: There you go. Okay, I'm still jockeying. With my and iPad.
0: seven twenty five a stick.
1: Yeah, just a bargain. I mean, a bargain by any standard. Yeah. And also, this is from stepoutbuffalo.com. <laughs> Works out better than stepinbuffalo.com.
0: I would imagine so.
1: Stepinfrontofbuffalo.com. None of these really work
0: stepinbuffalochips.com. Out. That's
1: right. stepoutbuffalo.com. Eight gifts for the cigar aficionado in your life from Buffalo Cigars.
0: Now, I want to jump ahead of this because we do this every year. And I want to just make sure that, the, that both the listeners realize we are fully self-aware in this. Yes, we do these lists every year. And yes, we talk about how stupid they are every year. That's, that's not going to change anything.
1: And to anybody that criticizes that, I say, hey, Jack, oh, you find content for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to email me content for the show.
0: <laughs> We've been asking for four years. No one's done it yet. So <laughs> I don't think there's much hope of that.
1: But no, actually, this what I like. You know, you don't want just the um, the standard stuff. You want something a little a different twist for your Christmas, right? And of course, first thing they do is the shameless self promotion. Member at Buffalo Cigar Club. <laughs>
0: But I, I, I will I mean yes, th- this is this is absolute shameless self-promotion, but it's still a good idea and I don't think we've ever touched on this before. if if the person you're buying the gift for is not a member of whatever their home shop is. this is if they've got lo- lockers available or whatever membership program they offer, this is a great great uh, gift idea or if they already are a member a locker member, a lot of places, rather than running 24 months, they run calendar year. That way, every January, they're starting off the year with with guaranteed revenue. So pay for their next year. So just go into the shop and just go ahead and, and, and take care of it.
1: So I could see doing that for a client. Yeah. If I had a client, one of my regular builders that frequented the cigar shop, just going in there and paying for his locker for the year. I could see doing it for that. I couldn't see doing it for a family member.
0: No, I, I probably wouldn't either. Um, I, I That's not true. Brother-in-law, I think it's safe. I wouldn't do it for dad, son, mother, daughter, whatever. But, you know, Certainly not a spouse. Uh, cause it, 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 <laughs> hey, honey, I bought
1: you a... The locker, is the cigar yeah, you
0: know, shop I go to. Yeah, you know, you know that 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 number in the in our budget that we contribute to. Well, I just went ahead and took the the, the steam of, of, of paying for it. Uh, no, nothing like that. But I would also, um, I think, it would be a great gift for a boss too.
1: Yeah, be a good gift for a boss. It's a power move. Well, it's because kind of the power move.
0: Of my, it. One of my former employers is a, a locker member at Crown. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd have thought about it at the time because, yeah, that would have been a a great Christmas gift.
1: Well, and in lieu of that, you could always buy a box of cigars... At the shop, wrap them and have them in his locker for the next time he went and opened it up.
0: Absolutely, because it, it's like we talk about all the time, right? You know, cigars are rarely a good gift, but in a scenario where you smoke cigars with the person regularly and know their palate, it's that is, and, and it's a, a boss or a client relationship, that is a good purchase.
1: So we're almost skip ahead just a little bit past gift sets and flatbed cigars, um, flathead cigars. No, this says flatbed cigars, Does number it? three, 50% off. Oh,
0: I missed that one. <laughs> I, I don't like the way they have this article laid out. I keep thinking the thing above it is the picture.
1: Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have that discussion every single time we have one of these articles. Yes, we do. And all. And, I, and I agree that it should be an international standard, the, the title and the picture underneath. Right. But anyway, um, number four, butane.
0: See, you and I disagree on this. I think this is a terrible gift. It's it's fine as a part of a gift, but butane costs $3 for a a can that will last you 20 years. I mean, it's great great to have it, but do you know how many cans of butane... When I was moving recently, do you know how many cans of butane I came across in the unlikeliest of places? I've probably got 12 cans of butane in my house right now.
1: But... I like the ideal of picking up, like, four bottles of butane and walking up and saying, Congratulations, I bought you a lifetime supply of butane. That's that's good. And and, and slapping it on the desk in front of them.
0: And if they use the Calibre Julius, throw in a pack of Ronson Flint's while you're at it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I think something like that, because... Especially if they have a lighter they love like you and I love the Caliber Julius. right. We both really love our Caliber Juliuses.
0: So should I get you a USB cord to charge your electronic charge my electronic <laughs> one?
1: And I'll, actually I have been shocked. I've only had to charge that thing twice since I bought it.
0: I can and believe I don't that. this very it low. Time. yeah.
1: But Linda actually bought this weekend we went up to Bell Mead to pick up something and she bought the tabletop version of that same lighter. So I'm interested to see how the difference on the tabletop performs.
0: Yeah, I could I could see that being a really good concept for a table lighter.
1: Um, BC Logo Encore Golf Balls. Okay, this I never thought of until today. But when the day comes I own a golf shop, or a golf shop, a cigar shop, I will have my logo on golf balls.
0: Absolutely. I think that's such a good idea. And you can get logoed golf balls for so cheap now. Because the screen printing, it's all done by robots now. So it's just they can knock them out so fast.
1: Yeah, you just you, your expense is the actual ball because you don't want to put your logo on a you know right a, a pinnacle.
0: Yeah, and and I will say for business owners out there who are hearing this and saying, get the Pro V1. Yeah,
1: get a nice Tide. Let's get a nice Callaway. You yeah. get away with a Callaway. And Callaway has a budget line. So you could even use a inexpensive Callaway and still get credit. But
0: one of the things that I have no, you know, in the the Titleist adverts, which I haven't watched golf on TV in so long, but the Titleist adverts always say that they're the number one ball on the the PGA Tour. More people use it than any other. And more of the guys that I have played with for that reason, because it is the best. the, The Titleist Pro V1 is the best golf ball out there if you can handle it. And and so I think it's. Spending the extra money on something that people, because you get to a certain point where golfers get really particular about the ball they're going to use. And I think for part of my approach to gift giving is there's always a practicality factor. You know, if I'm going to get you something that has a functional use, I'm going to make sure that it's of a quality or of a design that you will use it. You know, I don't want I don't want you to just put the golf balls up on a you know on the counter by your desk. I want you to use them.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's the yard sale principle that comes into play so often in my life. When we were looking for you a fly rod, we would see fly rods. Hey, well, there's a fly rod for Trey, and then you get you really look at it, you're like you know that's just not the quality and price. The, the price is right. The quality just doesn't seem to be there. So sometimes it's worth holding out for something really good.
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: Um, stinky Cigar Ashtray. This is always a great gift. Every smoker needs one of these. It's just, the
0: perfect design. It's, yeah, it, it absolutely, it is the best ashtray on the market and has been since it was released.
1: But get the tabletop version. Don't get the stand version. Cause I have a stand version that I kept outside and the bolts that hold them together, rust and break mm-hmm. there. The stand adds too many different. Well, you could, you and could always, the way, what's the stick up here for?
0: I assume it's a, it's for carry. Although I see a lot of people use it to knock their ash off, which I'm not, I, I don't agree with that. I assume it's to carry it and move it around. My biggest issue with the stand stinky, I mean, cause you could always replace the bolts with stainless And that would alleviate that problem. But it's that they're so hard to empty. You know, at Crown, I don't know where he got them. I know that it's been there since they opened a stogie's 11, 12 years ago. But they have these really great stand ashtrays that actually attach to the base with magnets. So you can take just the the ashtray cup part off and dump it. If I ever find one of those, I'm buying one. He sells them. He sells those? Yeah,
1: he sells them. He told me give me a couple anytime I wanted them. Oh. <laughs> but anyway.
0: Like the used ones off the floor, or no, he has
1: No, a- no he, he's got a supplier. He gives you a new one. Oh, I had no idea. But um, the stinky, get the tabletop version. Um, don't worry about the fancy colors, the fancy cut. Co- because uh, here's the thing you need to remember about all ashtrays all ashtrays are going to end up outside. Right. So you need to think about that. So I always get the straight up chrome cuz it don't rust. I've had the red ones and the black ones and the yellow they ones. They
0: all peel and flake off. They all
1: yeah, eventually they all start pe- peeling off and you end up you end up in that weird position where you're like, "Okay, this looks bad, but it still works." Right. And so you kind of hate to throw it away.
0: But at the same time, you're somebody. So that kind of thing doesn't bother me because my ashtrays, I leave them out in the sun, in the rain, the snow, whatever. So they, they go through a freeze cycle every winter. They stay out in the heat of the summer. They, they get discolored. They get stained. That Sometimes they crack and break. But I rarely have people over to my house to entertain with cigars. Sure. Whereas you do. You invite people over for the express purpose of sitting on the back porch. So I can understand why the finish would make a bigger difference to you. Wanting it to look the part.
1: Yeah, wanting it to look the part and, you know... So you, what you do is you start doing increasingly riskier things with the ashtray, hoping that it will get busted, right? So that you can throw it away on a clean conscience. <laughs> start taking unnecessary risks with your ashtray.
0: Well, but the thing—the thing about you and I with that—that that I think is so funny is that how many ashtray I got? I got rid of four ashtrays that I had won at various raffles from cigar events over the years when we were moving. I still probably have four or five mm-hmm. still in the box, never used. At what point do you just throw it away and just because and it's not like you have to shell out money to replace it?
1: Yeah, well, I have a lot of ashtrays. I don't have a lot of stinkies.
0: That's a that's a that's a valid point.
1: You know, if I if I wanted to, I could you know nearly break a Levi ashtray every time I smoked a cigar and still not run out. Right. But the stinkies are a little harder to come by.
0: The disposable ashtray, there's an idea.
1: There you go. Also, from the Dallas Morning News, there on your side. A holiday guide to gifting cigars from Renegade Cigars. Now you said you know these fellas.
0: I do know these fellas. I was I was one of their first accounts uh, when they were opening this shop back in 2015 I think it was. And their brand one of the guys names is Brandon, I can't remember the other guys. Um, they're software developers who, you know, found themselves at a younger than average age having the, the the freedom to be able. See, now you're ashing all over my cigar.
1: Okay. Well, I was seeing if it worked. It doesn't. Yeah,
0: it doesn't. Um, so, the, you know, at, at a little bit younger age than average, they were able to kind of facilitate that second career of their lives, and and I think there's something really great about. People in their 30s and f- early 40s opening cigar shops. It's just a little bit of a different, it, it lends itself to a different environment. These guys are very, they're cool guys. You know, you would say that they're, I wouldn't go so far as say trendy, but they're, they're cool.
1: Well, one day we're going to do a show about the most important things to opening a cigar shop.
0: Which we don't have much content for the next show, so that might be tomorrow, next week. <laughs>
1: it may, that may be next week. But, you know, um, capitalization of any business is crucial. Right. And coming into any business undercapitalized is almost a death sentence.
0: It absolutely is. And that's
1: the number one problem with people in that 30, 40 age trying to open up a cigar shop is they might come in a little bit undercapitalized. Right. And you have to be careful of that, but
0: but yeah. Um, so these guys, they know the industry. They actually flew down to Nicaragua and did a full fledged tasting of their house cigar, uh, you know. And they actually contributed to the blend, you know. So these guys really know what they're doing, and they're they're the I would say my second favorite Dallas area cigar shop.
1: Very cool. Well, I'll tell you what. So is not to rush their opinions. Let's take our break. All right. And then when we come back, let's cover this article from Renegade Cigars, a holiday guide to gifting cigars.
0: All right, we'll be back with that and more after this. <laughs>
1: To the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting beside the man who's no longer homeless, Mr. Trey Dedman. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's been it's been a while. It feels good not to be homeless.
1: Hey, I gotta commend you on the timing of getting of getting ready to deliver the baby and move into the house in about a week span.
0: Yeah, it, pretty
1: pretty pretty great timing there.
0: Yeah, definitely not the intention. Uh, <laughs> I. If I, let's say my life expectancy was going to be 100 prior to this year, I'm thinking
1: 87 now. Think like you may have lost a solid, solid 13 uh, I lost,
0: years? I lost at least a decade this Man, this has been the most hectic.
1: Well, but the good thing is with medical technology, you'll probably get that back.
0: Well, no, I'm saying with medical technology, if I well, got to, because I'm, I'm never making it to 100 without severe medical intervention. So uh, that's what I'm saying even with the best that doctors have to offer by the time we get to 2057 um, I'm I'm I still got some work to do.
1: Okay. Well, I, I don't spend much time forecasting the I year don't really. Of my either. Death, so uh, probably didn't notice be, it that much.
0: Otherwise I'd be an actuary.
1: So, the Dallas Morning News. Renegade cigars, holiday guide to gifting cigars. Um good article here. They kind of hit some stuff beyond just the standard smoker but this to me feels like an article written for a cigar smoker to buy a gift for another cigar smoker
0: absolutely and that's that's why i really like the take on this article because it's this is not a holiday gift card gift guide for the cigar smoker this is how to gift a cigar smoker and specifically if you're going to gift them cigars and i think that's a novel approach
1: so, um, number one, consider their smoking preference. And they broke this down into size. Think about the size. of What Vitola cigar does this person smoke? Do they love a Churchill? Do they like a Gordo? Do they like a Toro? Right. You know, what is their cigar size? And I think that's, that's a great thing. Consider their smoking experience level. Um, I like this article, but I don't like it for the reason they made it.
0: Would are you like this point?
1: Well, here, or, yeah, this point. So the reason they made it is they said, okay, new smokers they'll smoke a acid bondi, a deadwood, and then um, somebody more experienced may want to dab it off or a padrone, and somebody that's really experienced may want something boutique like a Caldwell or a Roa or something like that. No.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, you know. Because, and we've talked about it on the show before. You know, everyone likes to put a really mild Connecticut in, in everybody's hands as their first cigar, and not everybody is going to want to start out there.
1: Well, from my self-serving, narcissistic viewpoint. Um, what
0: other viewpoint could you possibly <laughs> speak from? <laughs>
1: well, to go with, to speak with what you know. There you go. I don't want to purchase a really nice cigar for somebody that's used to smoking back Right. You know, for somebody that all they smoke is Perdomos and all of a sudden you drop a um, the uh, drop a Padrone nineteen twenty six in their hand and they say, Oh yeah, this this tastes just like that Perdomo Sun Grown that I had. Yeah. And because uh, at that point it's legal for me to take the cigar away from them and smoke it myself. Isn't
0: I think it? it should be. I well because they break this down as consider their smoking experience level, and I agree with that. But what but the the meat of this heading is re, really goes back to the first point, and that's their preferences. You know, I I am not going to buy you a Fuente, even if it is a twenty five dollar cigar out of the Opus line. I know that that's not. You know, that, that has nothing to do with experience level. That has everything to do with your preferences.
1: Right. I'm not an opus guy. So, number three, consider your budget. Okay. the Here's my approach of this consider your budget. Would you rather have a really nice box of Padrones for your Christmas present, or would you rather have three boxes of Charter Oaks that's going to take you into March, April?
0: Right. And I think that goes back to knowing your audience, right? I'm not
1: buying you either, but I just right. I'm, I'm a, but, point.
0: No, I but but I think that's exactly right. Yeah, you know, and I think that goes back to kind of knowing your audience because if I were gonna buy you a cigar or a box of cigars for Christmas, I'm not. And then uh, <laughs> See it goes love. both ways. You can
1: feel the love on the show tonight, folks. Right?
0: Uh, I've got. I'm going to have a baby to feed, so the you know I'm the kind of person that would appreciate the three boxes of Charter Oaks because then I'd be set for a while, and then I would just I would have that to go back to the well. I like I like having a stocked humidor. I don't like swiping my credit card to fill my humidor because mm-hmm. I'm a cheap ass, and so. Uh, But I know you would prefer a handful or, you know, a box of a really nice cigar versus three boxes of Africas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would just because...
0: You can get Africas whenever you want, just like I can get Charter Oaks whenever I want. But it's that for you, and we've talked about on the show numerous, numerous times, for you more so than me, cigar smoking is the destination, and so I know that you're more likely to – and I think this goes to the greater thing of knowing, knowing who you're buying the gift for from a, from a budget standpoint is not just know what you're willing to spend but know the best way that it's going to – that your spend is going to be received.
1: Now, this is a tough question, and you, you, I, I really want you to answer this question for me. Um, I'm one of the few people whose wife enjoys cigars with them. right. And my wife really enjoys cigars with me. And I've told the story on the podcast before, but I, when my wife first got away from flavored cigars, I sat down all my friends, and I said, the first one of you that gets a Padron, I'm going to jump in the back alley of a baseball bat and break both your legs. Right. Because if she never smokes a Padron, she'll never miss a Padron. Exactly. And, of course, they all immediately rushed to the humidor and bought her a Padron.
0: With I, friends like these, right?
1: I knitted, like, three Padrons out of that deal, so how, how much did It
0: really I worked complain? out, yeah. But oh, you won't like the pyramid. Let me take that from you.
1: I don't. Um, I don't buy jewelry. Right. Under no circumstances. I don't have the knowledge of jewelry. I don't have the desire to acquire the knowledge of jewelry. I don't have good taste in jewelry. Um, I might as well burn a big pile of money or buy cryptocurrency as I had to get jewelry for my wife. Right. Is a nice box of padrones a romantic
0: gift? In in your case, I think it is, and I'll tell you why. One of the. You smoke cigars about one a day. Your wife, does she smoke to that same level? I I didn't think so. She smokes about three a week, four a week. week. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. mostly at the poker table or when you guys sit on your back porch together Mm -hmm. on Saturdays and Sundays smoking cigars. So all three of her biggest uh, in cigar-consuming environments are things that you and she do together. So buying her a nice box of Padrones or really good cigars is not just the power of the gift itself, but it's also the gift of the time spent together.
1: But when she's there with her friends and they say, oh, look at the rock that George bought me and um, I got these diamond earrings from that, and she says, "Hey, I got a great box of Padrons. Is that going? Well, to... They can't
0: smoke diamonds.
1: Hey, that's the truth. It, tremendously more, but I'll have to. I'll have to think about that if there's if there's any romance in just buying my wife a box of really special cigars.
0: I think. Yeah, I, I, I think I think there is in your circumstance. I don't think everybody who smokes cigars and their wife also smokes cigars that it is a great gift. But like I said, it go, it comes down to the fact of, of the meaning behind it, which is the time spent together.
1: Well, and she has worked really hard developing her palate. Mm-hmm. She's done a great job, though I have said to her, honey, will you please pick a production cigar, preferably a cheap one, that you would like to smoke. Because right now her favorite smoke is the Aganorsa Leaf Supreme Leaf. Guess what? They don't sell it. Right. You know what her favorite one was before that? Spirit of the Lady.
0: Guess what? They don't sell it.
1: Right. So I need her to pick a production stick that we can regularly get for her. And all. So um, there are other buy early. Oh, wait. Sorry. I missed the great, the best one. Number four. Try to avoid short filler cigars. This is kind of an advanced tip.
0: It is an advanced tip. And and there's a part of me that wants to say, well, again, know your audience. If your audience is smoking short filler cigars primarily, then, then that's not an issue. But on the flip side of that, it, it really comes down to the core of the fact that a gift should be beyond – whether it's quantity or quality, it should be the next level up of what somebody wouldn't spend on themselves. So unless you're buying the entire case of 500 Villiger short filler machine made, you know, then use this as an opportunity to branch that person out.
1: Here's butane for a year and cigars for a year. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, I had a buddy who told me once about his grandfather. Every year he would buy his grandfather a nice box of cigars. And his grandfather would smoke the cigar, take the butt, put it in his pipe, and smoke the butt. He would reduce the cigar to 100% ash and enjoy that box of cigars. Right. Which, to me, is a great deal. Because there's nothing worse than when you give somebody a cigar and they smoke half of it.
0: And put it it down. Yeah, throw it in the
1: ashtray. And you have to stand there after they leave and look at this poor half... (laughs) half-dead soldier. Um, And then the buy early, um, most people have enough variety you don't have to buy in September.
0: I think this is a byproduct of this year. This is great advice in 2021, more so than it would have been in 2019. You know, we've seen, you you know, Fuente famously couldn't get the rare pink to shelves this year. That's why they had to release the, the Casa Fuente. So there is something to be said for, with back orders being what they are across multiple brands and things like that. If, if you see it, get it, because it might not be there a month from now.
1: Well, and this kind of goes back to one of their earlier tips. Know your audience. Right. If, you're, um, if your person you're buying the cigar for likes LFD. Buy them when you can get them.
0: Buy them them. in July.
1: (laughs) Yeah, buy them when you can get them. They like charter, buy them when you can get them. Right. So kind of know what they like and how hard it's going to be to acquire that particular stick.
0: And I'll say something that's not covered in the article, but to that point, if, if this were me, what I would suggest, if you are a cigar smoker, which I'm guessing I know at least one of the people who listens to the show isn't, but if if you're buy, if you're a cigar smoker buying cigars for another cigar smoker whenever you see something on the shelf throughout the year that you know that somebody would like you know if i'm somewhere exotic and i see a cigar that i know you like or know you would like go ahead and buy it and put their name on it and put it in your humidor and keep it cuz cigars in a properly humidified environment will keep for years so kind of to the point of buying early is don't cuz this is what i do with gifts just in general I started buying Christmas gifts for people back In July mm-hmm. because I saw Something that was perfect and I just Went ahead and bought it then put their name on it You know remind myself that we've already bought for them We don't have to do it again and And I think You'll get to the to the Gift giving season With less stress for trying to Figure out and less running Into oh well that box is sold out
1: Yeah I think the there is some of that. And, you know, I'm I'm bad. My wife is terrible about it, but I'm, I'm as bad almost being able to hold a gift. You know, I bought a box of Goldies at Reserva as a gift for a friend and couldn't wait to give them to him. Right. I probably I'm should the have held them until Christmas, but it's kind of hard to
0: do. I, I am the same way because of the fact that when I buy gifts for people, it's because this is perfect for them. Right. And so I, I have a really hard time waiting.
1: So... From ChronicleLive.co.uk. This is a cool article moving away from the Christmas gifting thing. Cuban Cigar and Cocktail Den opens at Lumley Castle. Um, that's, that's a great deal. Yeah. So you can go to a castle and smoke a cigar.
0: That's, that's a really cool experience. And I think that's, I'm, we certainly don't have any castles in this country.
1: Got one out on 184?
0: No, we don't have real castles.
1: Well, no, we don't have real castles that have been sieged by barbarians. But it, we could probably arrange that
0: if <laughs> Well, they they just get sieged by, by Renfair nerds every sure. year. Sure. And so I think. And I would call
1: the Biltmore a castle.
0: The Biltmore's an estate, it's not a castle.
1: What's the difference in a castle and an estate? Fortification. Okay.
0: The Biltmore's not fortified.
1: So if I dug a moat at the Biltmore, would it become a castle?
0: You'd have to also have a wall and some sentry posts. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be fortified.
1: I think a castle is a state of mind. I don't think a castle is an architectural definition.
0: I'm going to look that I can't do it because of our setup here. Normally, I would look it up while you were talking about the next article. But it's – no, I, th- I think – yeah, there's a big – there's a difference between estate houses and, and castles. But – and, we'll, and we'll some, fill, of, it, some sh- of it probably goes to, in my opinion, you know, all stone construction and and some some of the historical pieces to it too. So I may be a little jaded there. I'll I'll give you that. But but you know, this brings up an interesting point to me of how cool would it be if there were a cigar travel agency out there where it's like, okay, you can go sit down with you know, yogis in India and smoke cigars together and learn about, you know, the meaning of life. And you can go, you know, to this far off reaches of Asia and Africa and South America and Europe and, and, and experience cigars among other cultural experiences. I think that would be so cool.
1: Well, I th- and I, that's on the, the mega level. Um my thought on cigar tourism is on a simpler level of unique places to smoke a cigar. You know, last time I went to Alaska was actually before I started smoking cigars. And sitting on the deck of the cabin I was on overlooking the Russian River. I will go back there one day and smoke a cigar while doing that. Right. But even just getting a group of guys together and saying, "Hey, we're going to go X place and smoke a cigar." We're going to go, you know, How cool
0: would it be to smoke a cigar at Alcatraz? Oh, it'd be awesome.
1: <clears throat> you know, and and have that ability, have somebody negotiating that out for you that, Right. hey this you know three times a year we're gonna put together twenty guys and we're gonna go somewhere really unique. Yeah and smoke a cigar.
0: Yeah, I think that would I think that would be great.
1: That'd be a, that'd be a great business. That'd be a really solid business because, you know, you think about something like out at Williamsport here, the bird at the where you bird watch mm-hmm. at the rookery and all one of the lakes. There's this giant gazebo, and you can all sit out there and smoke a cigar. Right. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to do cool stuff like that. So I think we need to look into that. That's a great. That's yeah, what this I, castle story makes me think of.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's absolutely great, and I think. I wonder, with the world cracking down on smoking, how much of that's going to ever still be possible and how much it's going to go away. I imagine it will go away pretty quickly.
1: So before time gets away from us, I want to jump to this last article and really talk about it because I don't want to be rushed for time on it. Um, This is from Art of Manliness, one of our favorite websites. Fifteen homemade gifts you can make in an hour or less. I love the homemade gift.
0: I do, too. I'm, I'm a big fan. I, in fact, on uh, my, my time hop popped up uh, a blanket I made for uh, a friend of ours when they were having their first, first son a couple of years ago. I, I'm a big fan of, of the homemade gift.
1: Well, one of the most treasured possessions of my life is my butterfly blanket that my great-grandmother made for me. So when my brother was going to be born, and mom and dad went to the hospital my great grandmother came to selmer and stayed in our house and she was putting together this butterfly blanket and i was so enamored watching her do it and watching her go through this process it was just it was just absolutely wonderful to see that and that christmas she gave me that blanket and then then she made it even better she said hey son you cannot tell nobody that i gave you this blanket because then all the grandkids will want one and I was right. a great grandkid. He said, and no, all the grandkids and the great grandkids, and I'll spend the rest of my life making blankets. Right. <laughs> so, and that's one of the most treasured possessions in my life is my blanket. Because it's one of a blanket. kind. Oh, yeah, one of a kind, handmade by my, my wonderful great grandmother. And um, so the handmade gift has a lot of power, mm-hmm. there's a lot of power in it. And I don't think it has to be as complicated as the butterfly blanket. And I think that's what this article illustrates very well.
0: Right. And I think because it says specifically these are gifts you can make in an hour or less. I don't remember if we said that at Mm -hmm. the top of it or not. And that's and I think you're right. I think so many people think about a homemade gift as being something that takes hours and days and weeks and months to make. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way.
1: Yeah, you know, their first choice on here is barbecue rub.
0: Yeah, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show. You know, this, you know, my brother-in-law also has a big green egg. And that is one of the things that we kind of connect on. And it's, in fact, two of the last three years, we've given them spice blends and rubs and things like that as a way, you know, as, as, as Christmas gifts. I do think if you are going to go the route of the barbecue rub, be someone who has experimented with it before. Don't just find a recipe online and hope for the best. I think this is something – because part of the homemade gift, kind of like when I was talking about gift-giving in general, it's – it's for me, it's it's very personal and it's, it's always – it always comes from a place of this speaks to me about that person. And I think it from a homemade gift perspective, it has to also say something about you as the person who made it. It's late later on down the article. One of the things they talk about is candles. And this is something that my wife and I have been doing as gifts for the past several years, because she, she makes pottery, um, by hand on the wheel. She, and she's an amazing potter. And so we end up with a lot of pieces that she makes while she's trying techniques or trying to, and they're, they're beautiful. They're perfect. They're not throwaways or seconds or anything like that, but we don't have a functional use for them in our house. So then I will go and I'll melt the wax and I'll do, do that. And we turn them into candles. And so not only do you get the handmade candle portion, but it's also in a bespoke one of a kind piece of pottery that my wife made.
1: That's a, that's a cool deal. That's a cool idea. If you happen to have a wife, that's a potter. Um, or, so, glass or glass you can blower. You could do it. As, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, my brother he made us deer antler pins one year. Mm-hmm. He had a lathe and he lathed out deer antler pins, and that's a great. That's pretty year. cool. Um, barbecue sauce. Okay, we're gonna skim through these because some of these are not very six pack pocket notebook So the best I can figure, this is you go buy a notebook and you buy a six pack and. You don't drink the six-pack. You cut the box for the six-pack, glue it to the notebook, and they have their own personal notebook that has their, their favorite, favorite beer. beer. Yeah. Then you drink it. But don't drink it before you do it or it's not going to turn out. All right. the pages are going to be stuck together. It's going to be a mess.
0: Right. I, I will say, you know, as as kind of half-hearted as this seems compared to some of the other things on the list, I will say the the pocket notebook is quickly going away as we all have the notes app on our phone. But there is something to be said about carrying pen and paper around with you at all times. There are some ideas that have to get out through paper.
1: Well, if you know someone who doesn't like to keep notes on their phone, and that's one of the things that they do, this is a great gift for mm-hmm. them. Uh, the no so pocket square, we're going to skip that. We've already talked about the candle. Book clock. Now, making clocks is easy. It is. You can go to Hobby Lobby or any of the craft stores and buy clock guts, or you can do like I do. You can buy them for, buy old clocks at yard sales for 10 cents. And, and gut them. Yeah, and gut it out of them. And I've got 20 cigar box clocks in my office that I just made when I got on that kick. Right. And it's as easy as drilling a hole. Right. And now, the book clock, that's a good idea.
0: I really like, I really like the idea of that, especially because... I have a lot of avid readers in my life and it's it's buying a book as a gift for for a reader is about as difficult as buying a cigar for a cigar smoker as a gift because there's so the, the 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 likes and dislikes are so wide and varied and the tastes are so different. So this is a great way to honor that part of their personality without having to roll the dice
1: The only thing is, when I think about this gift, so what you would have to do is you would have to cut the pages out enough for the clockworks to to rest in the book. Mm -hmm. The, The only friend I've got that loves books to the degree that he would like a book clock would cry that I cut a book up to that degree?
0: I don't think so. I think you can get around this one of two ways. You can either take their favorite book one that has been in production for a while and not get a limited pressing or a first run or anything like that. Right. Get one whatever. They, the, yeah. You know, 37th edition, whatever. Yeah. And, but it's their favorite book. So it has some important meaning to them, or you can get some generic hardback drivel that, you know, is on the bargain bin table at Barnes and Noble that no one was ever going to miss anyway. Cause nobody bought it in the first place and you can do it that way.
1: I think it has to be a significant book, and I think it it, it needs to be a book they've always loved.
0: I, I think that's the way to go too.
1: Uh, bottle drinking glass, and all you said you participated in this before.
0: I have. I did a little bit. So the idea is, so you can you can shortcut bottles fairly easily. You take yarn, dip it in acetone or nail polish remover, and you wrap it tightly around the bottle when i did i use wine bottles rather than beer bottles as indicated here and you light it on fire and you get it where it's really hot right around where the yarn is tied and then you immediately plunge it into ice water and it clean break every single time and then you just go around the the edge to soften it so it won't cut anybody and you're good I went a little bit of a step further because I'm a really big fan of rope works. I love doing stuff out of paracord or, or or rope braiding and tying knots and things like that. So I actually made hanging. uh, So I put candles in the wine bottles that I did it with and then made a hanging uh, Cecil rope basket.
1: Do you just order like a case of beeswax every September? (laughs) This,
0: this was before I was making candles. This was a store bought candle that I put in the, and but it was it was made out of that that rough Cecil rope, and so they could hang it from their porch and have a nice little kind of hanging lantern kind of thing.
1: Right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, beard oil's kind of on the same level as the the barbecue rub. Try be sure you know it would be foolish of me to make beard oil because I don't have a beard. Right. I wouldn't have nowhere to try it And I
0: very obviously don't use it, as you can see today.
1: Okay, the best one on here is the wooden bottle opener.
0: And by best, you mean worst. This is a ten-penny nail shoved in the bottom of a scrap piece of pine and then bent to create the the fulcrum.
1: But let me me elaborate on this. All right. Let's say you got really nice mahogany. Mm Mm-hmm and let's say you hit it with a piece of sandpaper this one obviously has never been hit with a piece of sandpaper um, and you had a nice a nice screw and all an, a nicer
0: type I don't of think you could do it with a screw cuz a screw won't bend
1: well, you, you you could work that out
0: you maybe perhaps
1: you could probably work the screw out but I, could you? I think you go high end if you do this. You ha, it has to be, or maybe... But
0: even at the highest end, you're still at 30 cents in materials and 50 seconds in construction.
1: But let's say that I, the barn was tore down on my grandfather's place, and I salvaged a bunch of barn wood. Yes. And I gave all of my friends a bottle opener made with that barn wood.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. Well, and it's similar to we haven't had him on the show in a long time, but a friend of the show, Shane Kimbrough, who makes the the cigar pins, he was telling us one time, I don't remember if it was on the show or, or afterwards, they the school where he teaches resurfaced the floor in the gymnasium. And so he actually took all or a bunch of the old wood and turned pins out of the old basketball floor and gave it to other people on faculty and staff. Same kind of thing. That absolutely.
1: So I think if you're going with the bottle opener, it has to be a significant piece of wood. I think so too. But so I think that on the front end, we made fun of this, but after some thought and pondering on it, I think maybe that would work out.
0: I, I think there are some scenarios where it works, but I don't think that's a, I don't think it's a general gift
1: roasted coffee. Now, they're referring to you go and buy the green coffee beans and roast it yourself.
0: So, my brother is an avid coffee drinker and as as much of a coffee nerd as we are cigar nerds. And he actually has a, a mechanical roaster. It's basically a toaster oven with a rotating drum inside. There's a lot of skill involved in roasting your own coffee. The difference between Uh, a dark blend and starbucks burnt is about four seconds you know so there's a lot of nuance and i think this kind of like the the barbecue rub thing i was you're there's going to be enough trial and error here that you're going to have to hone this craft a little bit before it's gift worthy
1: But if you just wanted to buy a high-end coffee for somebody, that's a pretty good gift.
0: Absolutely. I've got – there are a couple of really good local coffee roasters here in – well, in Nashville that I have used as gifts before, especially for people out of town. Because I love getting coffee as a gift that I've never had before.
1: So super high-end, or can I get you like four jugs of Sanka?
0: No, it's it's super high-end. It's, it's kind we're of talking, the opposite of the cigar. Yeah, no, $15, $15 a pound or, or more.
1: So what is, do you have a go-to Christmas gift? Since we're wrapping the show up about Christmas gifts, do you have a go-to signature Christmas gift that when you give it to someone, they know, hey, you mean something in my life? No. See, I do. If I give someone a pocket knife.
0: I knew you were going to say pocket knife, and yeah. and that makes perfect sense.
1: Everybody knows that about me. They know yeah. I've got several hundred knives in my collection. They know that pocket knives have been a big part of my life, that if I'm wearing pants, i got a knife in my pocket. It's
0: part of your story as well, your family story.
1: And when I hand somebody a pocket knife for Christmas, they know that's very significant. Right. A very significant gift. There's somebody that means something in my life because I gave them a pocket knife. Develop a signature gift.
0: I I don't. So that doesn't lend itself to my gift giving style really well. the the one the one thing I would say the closest thing I have to that would be a kitchen knife, because you know how much cooking means. Because if if I if I want to show somebody how much they mean to me and how much I love them or whatever. I will cook a meal for them That is that is my thing sure. And so by extension of that I would say there have been several people In my life who I've gifted Really nice Kitchen knives to And that, that kind of comes from the same place
1: Yeah I can understand that So the 20 acre farm This is Excellent This is um, The only way to describe it is Undercrown shade on steroids Okay if you took all the good parts of the Undercrown shade and amplified them, that's what you would get out of this cigar. This cigar is a six and a half. All right. I mean, it's a six and a half all day long. I can't make it a seven because I can't put it in the class of a padrone. Right. But I can't make it a six because at the price point it's at, it's a little better than the price point. Price point's 13, 14 bucks. Right. Um, excellent cigar. All right. Uh, no, what rank?
0: The, the McAlife is still a 7.
1: Still a 7. So everyone you ever smokes has been a 7. Right. Hard to beat it. So how do they get a hold of us?
0: You can reach us at facebook.com slash thecigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast and email info at thecigarcast.com.
1: Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and thank well.